Amen. Thank you and Crystal for the song. As we prepare to um, we can do that, Ed. We're doing the uh, embracing uh, my limitation part two. Um, this will not be a part 10, 11, 12, and everything else. But all through scripture and all through life, we're going to have limitations. And uh, what I decided to do this morning is to, in the course of our talking, to do some, some case studies in the process of it. And so, as I get to this now, we definitely want to uh, focus in on what it takes and what the Lord wants to see happen in and through our lives as the results of it. So, what we want to do, let's bow in a word of prayer. Father God, how we thank you for your goodness to us. Great is your faithfulness. And as we um, approach your throne, we ask that you give us wisdom in all that we do think and say in this moment. Help us understand that everything we do have limitations. Some we ought not to touch. Others we cannot control. And others we are to step beyond. It's just the idea of having wisdom. Which ones? Why? I wish there was a class where we can ask questions because sometimes, Lord, we settle in where we should be moving forward. So thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. Um, as we deal with embracing my limitations, I need to ask myself that too in so many different ways as the years go on, whatever the case may be. We're all faced with various things, many challenges. So we start off with uh, Philippians 2.6. Uh, it says, who, though, uh, though he was in the form of uh, God, did not count uh, equality with God a thing to be grasped, the provision. Then, uh, you see, uh, by emptying himself, taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man. This was like a springboard because we will kind of wrap this up on, on, on this, though. Philippians 2.8, and being found in the human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And that's what Easter is all about. That's what the resurrection is all about. That's what next week is talking about. So, uh, so let's define the term. The act of restraint that is, need, uh, that is used to spiritually or physically hinder, prevent, or enhance the sovereign purpose of God. Again, understand the whole idea of my limitations. The act of restraint that is used to spiritually or physically hinder, prevent, or enhance the sovereign purpose of God. Uh, but there's always limitations. 
always limitations. Satan had limitations on Job, didn't he? Uh, God told Job, okay, you know, you can do, but, you know. Now, now if, if Satan was all that bad, then he said, who are you telling me what I'm going to do, you know? But, but no, Satan stayed within the line because he knew he had to deal with God, see? So, so we have, so don't get bent out of shape by your limitations. If, if you don't hear it, if you don't hear it later, at least hear me now. Your limitations give you the, uh, the room to become creative. Always understand that. If I'm limited in the area, those limitations then say, okay, here's a time where you need to be creative and not to shut down. Okay. So let's give a, a review. It will keep me from, uh, from self-destruction. We talked about that last week. I'm just hitting the, the high points here. It will clarify God's intervention, uh, and then uh, it will enable me to accomplish God's purpose for my life. And we talked about last week about Paul and the whole idea that Paul said, I besought the Lord three times, Lord, you know. Uh, remove this from me, this storm from me. He said, three times I talked to the Lord about this. You know, three times. I mean, after all, with the education and everything else that I have, Lord, I, I talked to you three times about this. I'm the man. <laughs> Let this, let's remove this little friction from me. I can really do great things for you. And it seemed like the Lord, that the Lord didn't get into a long conversation. See, God's a whole long conversation with you when, he, when you go talking about his will. It's a lot of times, many times you find him just being silent. Then finally, when the Lord does spoke, uh, did spoke, he said, speak, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. See, and when he mentioned that, he says, now, in your weakness, my power, now it has, now it's room for my power to grow. Well, I thought he's all powerful, yeah, but you see, what God wants to do in and through your life is in your weakness, not in your strengths. So uh, I hope that this is our time together will that happen. The outline. Let us continue to explore the uh, significance of this word uh, limitation, considering a few uh, case studies. One, it has been used as a teachable moment. Been used as a what? Okay. Number two, let's read it. It has been used as a victorious breakthrough. And three, it has been used for the redemption of man. Now, that's, now understand there there are there are about uh, there are hundreds of limitations. I'm I'm just giving you a, a three of a, a number of reasons why you have limitations. The first one is that it's been used for a teachable moment. Okay, and what uh, what I want us to understand is that sometimes God want to teach us something in the midst of our limitations. So let's let's go there. Uh, managing our environment will greatly affect our effectiveness as believers. So inside, let us continue to explore the significance of the word limitation. Consider a few case studies, and it has been used as a teachable moment, Mark 9, 14 to 29. Well, what is that all about? The helpless disciples were, here's, we, we're going to the scene, you, pretty, you know the scene already. You know, you know the story already. It's, it's the story of the disciples, and, and as it goes here about the disciples in Mark 9, 9 uh, starting with 9, 18, and whenever it sees him, we're going in the middle of the storyline, it throws him down, and he foams and, and grinds his teeth and becomes uh, rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. The historical father, being in deep despair and panic, 
Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Well, let's go back just a little bit here. First, we look at the helpless disciples who were pushed to their limits. The, the, the disciples, all, all the way up this time, they said, cast out demons and do this. I mean, the Lord says, Here, here's you cast this out. But all of a sudden, here's one where the demons are not coming out. What do you do? You represent the Lord. Here's a, here's, a, here's a kid that this demon has grasped him and thrown him all around. He's foaming at the mouth. And the father says, you, Jesus disciple, help us. Hey, you know, they're looking at their, their little history from, hey, you know, we, we got this. We got this, you know. And so with the we got this, they're saying like, you know, in Jesus' name, come out and come out. And they, they use the same power. See, a lot of times we think the power of yesterday will help us today. You have to be careful because God wants us to be before him every day because don't draw on what you did yesterday. That's why the church of Sardis because they always bragged about what happened yesterday. What's happening today that makes you effective? And so they, they were going on what happened yesterday. We cast out demons. So pff, here's another demon. Then we watch, watch this demon. Remember, we can, you know, we, we're the disciples. Watch it. You know, we hung out with Jesus. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Come on. And the demon didn't come out. Come on, guys. Come out. Demon, meanwhile, this kid is going around, and the crowd said, aren't you a part of Jesus' group? Yeah, hold on. We, 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 didn't get our, we didn't get our stuff together. You know, we, we, we don't really work this thing. Come out. And it didn't work. Somehow, what, what do you mean, Lord? You told me now that if you sent us out to cast out demons, here's a demon, and I can't do anything about it. What do you do when you know you have power to do something and you can't do it? When God tells you to do evangelism and do all these other things, and all of a sudden, it's not working. It's not working. You've done everything that God told you to do, and it's not working. This is the case here. And God put it in the storyline. These guys couldn't do it. Now he flashed to the father, the hysterical father being in, in deep despair and, and panic. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. By that time, Jesus come down and says, and the crowd runs to him, and, and they said, we went to your disciples, and they couldn't cast it out. Now the disciples are discouraged, you know, help us, Jesus, you know, we're, we're in trouble. But they're discouraged, and so they come to Jesus, because Jesus says, what do, you, what, do you, what do you have to say? What's up? He said, well, we came to your disciples. They tried to cast them out, and they couldn't. Matter of fact, you know what? They blamed it on Jesus. says, we came to you, and you could not cast them out. The Lord says, look, no, you bring them to me. And so, meanwhile, while the, while the child, understand, not, not understand the scene. This guy, the demon is doing a job on him. Boom, boom. Jesus asked some questions. By the way, uh, give me some history on your, on your son. You know, and uh, the, son, the son is suffering, and he says, well, ever since he was a child, he's been tossed into the fire and into the water to try to drown him and burn him and everything else, and we can't do a thing. And so Jesus is getting background, already knows the background. And, and so the father said, help me. He said, well, I tell you what, all this can happen if you just only believe he'll be healed. And then the father said, listen. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do in believing, and it's not working. And here's what he said, Lord, I believe it's not working. Now, now here's where you stop putting pride in the way. Help my unbelief. What is it? 
help my what? There's a part of us where we have done everything that we're supposed to be doing, and it's not. What do you do when things don't work and you've done everything you're supposed to do? Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help me in areas where well, maybe, maybe I didn't do all whatever it is, Lord. In other words, I'm putting it all on the altar. This is a this is a visible picture of casting your all on him. Lord, I I can't handle it. The humble disciples are trying to evaluate their failure. Well, what happened was Jesus said to the demon, um, he said to the demons, come out. And the demon was so tough. Usually demons, when Jesus was around, the demon would say, what are we going to do with you, son of David? No, we know who you are. And Jesus would tell him, shut up, not this one. When Jesus said, come out, this demon went ahead had the son. It says, and the demon cast him to the ground and left, not saying a word. Now, now that's bad. And the disciples, the humble disciples, trying to evaluate their failure. And when he had entered the house, his disciple asked him privately, why, why couldn't we not cast it out? <laughs> why didn't we have the stuff? <laughs> why couldn't we take this, these, this guy, this demon, and cast him out? What is that we lacked? Mark 9.29, and he said to them, this kind cannot what says this guy cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Some pastors scripture say prayer and fasting. He says this kind cannot be driven out but by prayer. He says, guys, all the other times, I'm going to tell you one thing. This, this kind, the only thing that can drive it out is prayer. A whole week is dealing with what? Prayer. Let me tell you about this kind. This kind, that guy is still around. I don't know who he is possessing. He's still around. He went out, but he's still around, and he's in somebody. And this kind does not come out. I don't care how many church meetings you have. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you go through. This kind. Now, the Lord makes very clear about something else. Satan has certain levels of viciousness. And this is a demon-possessed world that we live in. There are some people that is beyond all feelings. You can't reason with them. It's like trying to reason with a hungry wolf. They're vicious and care less. And the lesson is, when you get to your, that limitation, it's, it's a teachable moment that when you're in a situation like this, every situation is not the same, so don't brand it as the same. Don't handle it as the same. This kind, this kind when it doesn't work, this kind when you feel like you're the only one doing this thing, when you're back up against the wall, this kind. And the key word is not some long 
10, 10 steps to doing this and going through the door and, and doing this. No, this, this kind comes through prayer. Ask the question, how's your prayer life? If your prayer life, and I had to ask myself too, if my prayer life is not getting me closer to the God, it's opening me more to vicious attacks. But demons cannot possess believers. They can oppress believers, but not possess believers. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you until you are sealed into their redemption. So don't worry about you. demons uh, possessing you. But they can oppress. They can bring a lot of depression and everything else. But they cannot possess you. They can't not make you do anything because God is in your, your life. It's a teachable moment. Every restriction has an embedded teachable moment. Let's recognize and learn from it. Let's read the first one. What is it? Two. Okay. Let's go back to number one because number one will make sense. Resist the temptation to, oper uh, to operate. Yeah, that's right. Uh, to operate without honoring God. Uh, yeah, I got it right. Number two, let God handle the results while you prayerfully and patiently wait on him. We, we, we always have our little... We always have a little watch. We always, you know, we always put God on some type of time as to when God's supposed to show up. You no, know, we love you, Lord, but now it'd be a good time for you to show up. God says, "I'm not on your watch. I'm not on your watch." Uh, here's number three. Ready? The the man said, coming out of this situation, he said. Here's what I learned. This was a teachable moment for me. The man said, the father said, here's what I learned. He said, I got to the point of saying, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Sooner, one of the hardest things I have in counseling is individuals being honest with themselves. They always got an excuse. When I hear the excuse coming, I mentally, I just, I just shut down. Number four. Remain faithful, focused, and functional, which is your reasonable service. Keep moving. Don't stop. Why? You're more than the conquerors through him that love you. Keep, keep moving. Don't, don't stop. Don't let what's happening to you define who you are, and you stop doing what God wants you to do. Keep moving. The race is not over yet. If you, you know how in races, just because you fall down, you don't stop. You get up and keep running. No, you may not, you may not go over the finish line first, but you go over the finish line finishing. Keep running. Keep running. Here's number two. It has been used as a what? Victorious breakthrough. So we, so we switch the scene, take another camera shot now, and we look at Mark 9, 14 to 29. And here uh, we, we find this is a different guy, different scene, 
uh, you know how, how television is, kind of snitch, slash, slap you over to another scene here. And it's Mark 10, 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Usually when you uh, see the word Timaeus, if you have a son, you call him Bar. So it's like Bar Jonah or Bar Timaeus. So it's, so it's Bar Timaeus. So it says, uh, Mark 10:47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The discouraging crowd. Now, whenever you start, whenever you start wanting, whenever you begin want to do something for yourself, you always have somebody to say something. And many rebuked him, said, telling him to be silent. He's crying out, a blind man. He, Jesus is coming by. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and he cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the people tell him, shut up. <laughs> Do you consider that a limitation? So are you obedient to the people? If you become obedient to the people, your chance will go by and you'll be blind for the rest of your life. And do, they don't even know your name. You'll still be begging. And in a pitiful state, some of us listen to what people say and stop. But when you see that there's an answer out there for your problem that's in the Lord and in the power of his might, and then someone tells you, don't be so religious. In other words, shut up. Then Bartimaeus says, let me show you what I did here. Watch this, watch this. No. He said, and they came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho, and um, he says, and then he rebuked him. People have the tendency to become irrit uh, irritated over a situation they don't understand. And then he says, and he cried the more. Pardon? I didn't change the screen? Okay. And Jesus said to him, uh, no, let me go back. And when he uh, heard it, it was Jesus, he, he cried out and said, Jesus went in the discouragement. Okay. He go up further. He said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And he, the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Now, there's a part of that that I thought I did put in there. But it's when they told him to shut up. He said, watch this, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He said, you, you think I won't shut up? He says, he cried even louder. You, you, you think I did something then? So, so watch, watch this, Jesus, you want me to shut up? Watch this, Jesus, sometimes you don't let your, your restrictions keep you where you are. You'll, you'll never get to where God wants you to be. And, and so regardless of what people think or say to you, they say, Jesus, and when he did, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me receive, recover my sight. And, and Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. In that whole storyline, when he cried out to Jesus, you read, and Jesus stopped 
Now, here's a big crowd and everything else. All of a sudden, Jesus stopped the show and said, call them to me. The same people who told him to shut up, he told the people, you go get him. <laughs> called him to me. And the same people who told him to shut up said, the master call you. And so the Bible says that he took off his, his, his cloak, he cast that down, and he, came, and he came to Jesus. And so Jesus says, now, what do you want me to do for you? You see, when you're willing to go beyond what people are trying to do in your life, when they become your, your irritation or your restrictions and everything else, and you know it's, it's to the glory of God, then step over them. Because that's where the blessing is. Step over them. And on the other side, Jesus asked the question, now, what do you want me to do for you? You ask for mercy. What do you want me to do with that mercy? And he said, Lord, if I can, if I can only see, just go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Yeah, I got that switch up. That's what it was. Uh, so we'll just kind of go through this. And when Jesus stopped, etc. So then um, as we look at this whole thing, then we look at that second thing about um, restrictions. It becomes one of those times when the Lord have people come into our lives. And if you're really serious about your situation, then you're going to have some more people trying to discourage you and tell you, shut up. How are you going to handle that? You have goals? Do you think everybody's going to pat you on the back and say, God bless you in your goal? No. I would like to see you write out, what do you think God wants you to do with your life? Write it out. Then look at everything that stops you from doing what you want to do. I, I was thinking one time, I was, uh, uh, Gus and I was having breakfast, and, um, and we were talking about the men, you know, the men meeting and whatever the case may be. And, um, and then we put it in the bulletin. Remember that, Gus? We had it in the bulletin and meeting at such, such a day and everything else. And boom, as soon as that happened, guess what happened? When they got sick. I mean, really got sick. I mean, I mean, it was everything. Guess, guess what? Sometimes it's legitimate. Everything is it's because a lot of times things are legitimate. Whenever you decide to do something that is really honoring the Lord, guess what? Something will come that they even look and is legitimate. Now the question is, with the limitation. What do you do with a legitimate limitation? How do you handle that? See? Uh, here's what God has laid on your heart, but how do you handle a legitimate limitation? What do you do with it? The first thing I've learned, you pray. <laughs> the next thing is, this guy is telling us, be determined regardless of what the situation is, always be determined to establish your goal. 
if you're not determined, don't expect a favorable outcome. Be determined. So, so never let other people keep you from trusting God for a favorable outcome. If they are, they are bold enough to speak negative, negativism into your life, you must be strong enough to ignore it. If they, I mean, if they're ignorant enough to try to shut you down, then you should be strong enough to ignore it. If you have, remember, death and life is in the power of the what? Tom. If a person does not recognize your personhood enough to keep the negativism out of your life and they express it to you, then you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to feed it back to them negatively. But you should be strong enough to ignore it. You know what I found? One of my greatest, one of my greatest weapons, I'll tell you one of my greatest weapons. One of my greatest weapons, even in, a, in, one of the, in, in the conflicts, is silence. What is it? When I find myself in a very difficult situation and a la 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 la, I stop. I don't argue, I become silent. I don't treat the person differently. I don't, but the first thing it does, it stops dialogue that will go negative. See what I'm saying? So you cannot say, I said, say, nah, nah. the first thing I do, I become silent. Now, whatever they say now is pure speculative because they can't say, I said it. Silence. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut. That's what I, I learned it from Proverbs, okay? So, so, so I, I've learned that, that when, whenever you're trying to see, uh, get a point over and they're not listening, I become silent. I, I become silent on the subject. I become silent. I, I'm done. I'm done. When, when the people told him to shut up, he didn't, he didn't argue with them. Uh, he didn't argue with them about, why are you telling me to shut up? You know I'm in a desperate situation. Jesus, he, he didn't take time to argue with the people. Jesus is walking past. His, his time is passing. Time is going past. Jesus is walking, okay? He has this, I have a little a pedometer word that kind of keeps me what my walking time. And so Jesus is walking, da 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 And so listen, while Jesus is walking, you don't have time to be arguing or Jesus will be gone. So don't argue with things that don't matter. Stay with the subject. The subject is not the people. How they feel, how they scream. The, the subject is Jesus. Who can help you? If Jesus, if, if, if at this point, Jesus can help me, I can receive my sight, and I can walk with them just like they, they've been helping me. But listen, I, I, they don't have to tell me no, anymore. I can see Jesus for myself. Jesus, the son of David. That's, I want to get to that point. Jesus, I don't care what you guys are saying. Shut up and watch this. Jesus. So people have a tendency to do that. The people have a tendency to become irritated and even hostile over situations they don't understand. When a person does not understand your situation and they can't put in their two cents, now they become irritated because you, they didn't listen to you a little bit of wisdom. Um, and man said, and man looked over all of that and he still called out to Jesus. Last thing. It was used for the redemption of man. 
Another snapshot and we're done. This, this snapshot here takes us to another scene, one that you're familiar with too, the profile of Jesus, Philippians 2, 5, 6. Have this in mind, this mind be uh, mind among you yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. The provi First we look at the provision of Christ. But emptied himself. First understand, he's perfect God, not perfect man at this point, just perfect God before the foundation of the world, and he wants to save each one of us. He wants to save each one of us. But in order that for that to happen, he had to put on restrictions. So the first thing he had to do was to empty himself. Jesus Christ was not created. He's God. And so it says, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Keep more things he's doing here. The product, the product of his provision. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. No, no other name, Buddha and all these other. Only Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee, every knee shall bow. Even, guess this now, even Krishna and all. If, all of them going to be bowing before Jesus. Amen? I, mean, I just thought I'd tell you that. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, before we get to this one last thing, and this is identify the limitations in your life and trust God for their ultimate purpose and productivity that will, produce, uh, will be produced through him. I, I want to make sure that you understand something. What next week Chris, uh, uh, Easter is all about is that when Jesus Christ came in the form of man and I, I every time I go over it it's beyond number one it's supposed to be beyond my uh, imagination I cannot imagine God becoming perfect man at the same time I, I, I cannot I, I, I can't grasp that okay next thing I cannot grasp that for 33 years people tried to kill him and he wouldn't let them kill him but he laid down his own life Here's the thing that I, this, here's what I cannot grasp. When they beat him to the point, and he refused to die now, all the way up to the cross of Calvary, where he gave up his own spirit, he took on the beatings and everything else, else of man. Then Isaiah said, and then once he got on the cross, man no longer beat him, but it says in Isaiah, and then God laid on him the iniquity or the sins of, the, of us all. I don't know what that is. You see, because in Hebrews, I was reading Hebrews, and it only covered their sins. Because the Hebrew writer said that if their sins were forgiven, then they, had, they wouldn't have to keep coming back every year. 
But you see, it didn't make them righteous. So they were coming back every year looking forward to, some, to Jesus Christ. And so what the Lord did was he took on the sins of the past. He took on the sins of the present. And he took on the sins of the future of the whole world. All of us who will be saved. And then the Father laid it on him. I don't know. Now, understand something. When that happened, now Jesus experienced not only the sin, the full sin of man, now he has to experience the full judgment of God. It says that it's appointed unto man wants to die and then the judgment. And God had prepared um, uh, the lake of fire for the devil and his angels. What Satan and his minions and those who go with Satan will be going through God's judgment will be not out of anger. It will be design. It will be something that will be so horrific. It will be forever. No let up. Constant pain. And, and Jesus Christ described it day in and day out. One, one glimpse of what it might look like just to torture is that when rich man dive went down, and what happened was um, that the dive went down, and what happened was that um, he was on the other side where Abraham was on the other in, in paradise. And he said, Abraham, send such, such person to dip his finger in the water and that he can put it on my tongue because I'm burning up. And he says, I can't because there's a great valley or chasm between us. There's no way that's, that can happen. He says, all he had to do is dip his finger. Now, it would have dried up by the time he got to his tongue. Said, just dip his finger for just a relief. He says, no, no, I can't do it. And then, now understand, when that was not a parable. That was a real life situation. Why? A parable never mentions name. Real life situations mention names. And so it mentions a name. And when it mentions a name, it's talking about a real life situation. It opens up and then it closes and give you kind of a glimpse of what that is. When you talk about God's judgment, it will be so extreme, so excruciating that the demons trembled and say, you come to, to torment us before our time. And it says, and God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And Jesus took on all of the judgment on us. Here's the thing that really bothers me as I close. If Jesus did this for a person to hear the gospel, and not receive it. They have to step over his grace. And his mercy. And his death. And say I'll do it on my own. And God will say. Probably say. I'll let you. Take on. What my son has already taken on your behalf. And you refused it. There is no mercy. There is no light because the Bible said out of darkness. There is no mercy. There is no light. There is no uh, forgiveness. There is no relief. There's nothing, nothing 
And Jesus had to restrict himself. So when we talk about the love of God, being perfect God, perfect man, for the purpose of dying for us on the cross of Calvary, dare we have stepped with a God who chose us to never experience that. God does not spend a lot of time talking about heaven. Did you notice that? Because there's so much that will be in glory that will bless our hearts. And after all, it's going to be forever. So he's not going to keep talking about that. <laughs> hell? He's not going to talk about all the extents of hell because once it's over, that's it. God locks it up. And guess what? It's limited. They cannot get out. And how do I know? Because God's going to make sure. Like Noah, it was God who shut the door. And when he shut the door, that's it. And so when we talk about restrictions, I give you three snapshots. The, re the restrictions when, when it comes down to a teachable moment, uh, the restrictions uh, in that, that area, we, we have the restrictions. We had the restriction of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in order to save us. You may be under some type of restriction now. It's for a purpose. Don't get an attitude. Be grateful and be creative under your restrictions. What is it that you can use to glorify God? If others as I explained to you, if others are going through restrictions, remember when I told you about the guy that, that um, has the, uh, I think it's the Lou Gehrig's disease with the, that muscular, had the Lou Gehrig's disease, and the only way that he can communicate is with his, his retinals, and that's it. And how literally thousands upon thousands of Muslims are being saved because they put his put him up to a computer and he's witnessing from Jesus Christ for Jesus Christ by the means of the computer. He should have been dead ten years ago, but he's still doing it. You're talking about all individuals who work beyond their limitation. So don't let your limitations stop you from serving Christ. So as we end this morning, we uh kind of wrap things up on this area. And we just pray that God lay on your heart, Lord, help me to be more creative. And in areas where I fall short, help me. Help my unbelief. Help my shortcomings. So that I can be all that I want to be, uh, what you want me to be and be a blessing and bring glory to your name. If you're that person, I would like to pray for you. Say, hey, that's, that's me. It's me, Lord. That's, there's some things that I need to kind of nail down in my life. You know, it's good to see, because it's, it's not Don Rack that I'm talking about. See, you're not doing it for Don Rack. You're doing it for yourself. Do, you, do yourself. Do yourself a favor here. For the first time, align yourself to be blessed and be a blessing to others. When you are free, 
with the power of God, then your limitations become uh, the opportunity to be that real blessing. And uh, I don't know whose life you're going to touch, but they're going to look at where you are and realize these things are not keeping you down, but keep you going. Let's bow. Father, we just look to you because you are a great God. I recognize it, and my desire was to clearly articulate the fact that um, all over, all through life, there are various types of limitations, but you always work it out to your glory. Help us, Lord, to recognize that. Help us to always keep that in mind. I, I pray for those who are standing right now and where they are and what you can do with their lives. You have not guaranteed us a number of years. You have guaranteed us or at least given us these moments. Help us to wisely use them. You've limited us, limited us to a day at a time, not two, three, a day at a time. And you have given us opportunities and everything we need to really make it happen. Help us, Lord, to really expand in this box of limitations that you will be glorified. And I realize the results of it is we find ourselves being blessed and others are blessed, the results of it. So we prayed about that. And then there are others who might listen to this on, on CD who might not know Jesus Christ or even on the sound of my voice who do not know Jesus Christ, their Savior, they're limited. It's appointed unto them once to die, and after that, the judgment. Then after that, no more mercy. And I just pray for them and ask the Lord that you will begin to lay on their heart and that they will confess that Jesus Christ died for their sins and that they are a sinner that can't save themselves. That, Lord, they trust that Jesus Christ is God, died for their sins, rose again and that they ask to be forgiven of their sins and become yours thank you for what you're going to do in jesus name we pray and all the saints said amen as we uh, all stand i'll make my way over to the keyboard and of course this, the song is spirit of the living God fall afresh on me
wish. Oh.